This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you could have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. Five, four, three, two, one. But who's counting, right? And his name is Major. Oh, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Major Garrett. From the nation's capital. Major, fantastic. It's the takeout. This is a major achievement. With CBS News Chief Washington Correspondent. Major Garrett. Yes, CBS. Yes, hi. Major Garrett. Major, that's nonsense. And you should know better. Is Major out of the doghouse? (laughs) The answer is yes. Welcome to the very best part of my broadcast week. I'm Major Garrett, and we are coming to you from a very special location, a place we've never taken the show before. It is the ambassador's residence, or the French ambassador here in the United States. Philippe Etienne is his name. He is the living, breathing embodiment of the French government in the United States here in the nation's capital. Mr. Ambassador, it's great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me, uh, Major, or more precisely, for coming to my place. Yes, It's a great uh, pleasure and a great honor. And it's a beautiful residence, I should let you know. And as you walk in, you see two things that catches the eye of an American like me right off the bat. A portrait of George Washington and a portrait very nearby of the Marquis de Lafayette. Uh, so and you could have mentioned uh, the Statue of Liberty. Yes, indeed. We have uh, here since uh, July 14th a true replica of the original one in New York. A bequest of the French government to the United States. And, of course, if you know anything about the Revolutionary War, you know Lafayette is crucial to... America's efforts to win that battle against the British Empire. So we are eternally grateful to the nation of France for that. So, Mr. Ambassador, that brings me to an important question. You know the question. Before you were recalled to France recently, there had never been a time when a French ambassador in the United States since 1790 had been, with, had been recalled. What is the current state of relations between France and the United States? Well, I, I don't want to correct what you have said, but it is not the first time an ambassador had been recalled, but the first time an ambassador had been recalled for consultations, mm. which makes a, a difference. What's the difference? The difference is in the word consultations, because it was not only about uh, the fact of recalling me, but also of thinking of um, thinking about what happened, what had happened, but also, and now more importantly, about how we could uh, rebuild the relationship. So consultations means there was something wrong and you had to come back to France to discuss what went wrong and what to do in the future. Yes, and consultations meant also how shall we do in the future to to amend, to improve uh, our relations and the way we we work together because we are so close allies, the United States and France. We, uh, we had to, to look at... Uh, the way ahead and not to to remain on what had happened. So we can go into some details, but put simply, this was a moment in which France felt, according to the words of the foreign minister, betrayed, there was duplicity, there was lying about an underlying understanding the French government thought it had with Australia, upset by an alliance over a submarine contract, United States, United Kingdom, and Australia. Does that feeling that there was lying, duplicity, contempt still exist? I don't know whether AUKUS is a project or an alliance, uh, but uh, the issue which was raised was, uh, in fact, much more than an industrial or trade uh, partnership. Uh, The fact that there had been no, no consultation, no information between allies, on a subject which was uh, and which is important to all of us, which is uh, um, actually our security, our uh, strategies, respective strategies in a very 
in, in a now very important region Asia for Pacific, the world. Yes. Asia-Pacific, Indo-Pacific, where France is not only active, but also is one of the nations of this region through our territories, overseas territories. 1.65 million French citizens, if I understand correctly. Yes, we say 1.7, 1.8, close to 2 million. Okay. But uh, anyway, a lot of uh, people for France, not that many for a big country, of course. Mm-hmm. But we have to protect those territories. We have to protect those citizens. We have to protect the exclusive economic zone, which is uh, huge. And uh, those territories are both in the Pacific Ocean and in the Indian Ocean, Mm -hmm. which makes our presence, I think, important uh, also for our allies, including our American allies. The Economist magazine said France felt dumbfounded, humiliated, and irate about this submarine deal. Fair characterization? Again, the issue was mostly uh, how do we behave between allies and uh, Uh, the positive aspect of this uh, was that uh, the U.S. immediately reached out to France and we had very, very quickly, um, one week after, the first phone call between the two presidents. Mm -hmm. President Biden, President Macron. President Biden and President Macron. Were you on that call? Yeah, and uh, I I listened to the two calls. There was another call Mm -hmm. last uh, last Friday and uh, without... um, betraying anything, I can uh, draw your attention to the joint statement, which was published after the call, the first of those two calls. Mm -hmm. And the fact that now we are preparing the meeting in in Rome of the two presidents. Will that meeting uh, be uh, symbolic or substantive? I think it will be both symbolic of the real importance of our alliance and the mending of and it? also substantive uh, through the, the number of strategic issues that we have been working on and that the, the two presidents will discuss. Has trust been reestablished or is trust still something on the minds of the French government as it, as it relates to dealings with the United States? We are rebuilding trust now. And uh, this is the process we are going um, to through. Uh, preparing for this important meeting between our presidents. So you use the acronym AUKUS, and I want to make sure our audience understands that. That's an acronym for Australia. That's the A. UK, United Kingdom, that's AUK, and then US, United States. Yes, I, I, I did not find the no. acronym. <laughs> and if you, if you page, through, page through The Economist, a cheeky newspaper that it is, it calls it the AUKUS ruckus. But if I hear you correctly, Mr. Ambassador, it's about that, but it's also about how whatever came of that agreement or disagreement, France was not properly consulted or given a heads up by the U.S. government. And that's where this... Or or by Australia. Or by Australia. And that's where Uh, these feelings of betrayal, uh, humiliation, lying, duplicity come from. I I will not repeat or use myself any of these concepts because now we we are... But they are out there. At least with the United States, we are in a a more positive uh, process of rebuilding trust and uh, restarting uh, a great relation uh, based on strategic common visions of the the most important problems we face. Um, But um, yes, the issue again uh, was... uh, and is also important for the future. How how good friends should be blindsided. How would we behave? uh, And it goes in two directions. We must uh, also... uh, except to, to consult each other when we, we feel that there is something uh, important for the core security interests of the partner. Uh, we, should do, we should do that um, and uh, not, uh, not, be, not be taken by surprise um, as we were by the decision by Australia and, in that case, the United States. Mm-hmm. By the way, the partnership, which did exist before, was not only within between the Australian government and the French company, but also involved an American company, yes, uh, Lockheed Martin. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, thinking about Asia Pacific, Indo Pacific region, does this episode make it more difficult in your mind, Mr. Ambassador, for the French government and the U.S. government to cooperate? I hope not, and I believe not. No, this is uh, this is exactly the purpose of what uh, we're doing, even in the Indo Pacific, actually. Um, I think that there is something 
positive in what happened, which now the U.S. is uh, seems to be maybe more aware of the uh, importance of our presence in, in this region, and not only of the presence of France, but also of the investment which the United, uh, the European Union is is ready to make. The very day of uh, the announcement of AUKUS, the European Union and France was very much uh, f- in favor of this uh, movement, had published its own Indo-Pacific strategy. So now we see that there is a, a higher awareness uh, of uh, the greater awareness here. And with that awareness might and, be an opportunity to build something. I'm yes. going to stop you right there, Mr. Ambassador, because yes, we the, need to run to a break, but I will come back to that thought and future relations between the United States and France when we continue. My name is Major Garrett. We're at the ambassador's residence, the ambassador's name, Philippe Etienne. We'll be back in just one second. Man, that sunset is gorgeous. Grill, patio, sunset. Hard to get better than that. Unless you're browsing Carvana's inventory while you soak it all in. Oh, burger time. So sit back, get comfortable. Carvana's got thousands of cars under $20,000 just waiting for you. I could stay here forever. Carvana. Where car buying meets comfort meets convenience. Download the app or visit Carvana.com today. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back. This is The Takeout. I'm Major Garrett. Our guest this week, France's ambassador to the United States, Philippe Etienne. We are at his residence here in Washington, D.C. Mr. Ambassador, we were talking a little bit about Indo-Pacific, Asia-Pacific region, Writ large, how important is how the West, meaning the United States, its European allies, deal with China and how significant an economic and national security, either competitor or threat, does the Chinese government loom? First, Indo-Pacific is not only about China. We have a lot of partners there. Australia is one Mm -hmm. of them, but we have also India. We have Japan. Mm -hmm. We have Korea. We have the southeastern uh, nations of Asia. We have the other Pacific mm-hmm. uh, Some former colonies. states, New Zealand. And we have a lot of uh, island states. And since we are heading to the COP26, the climate conference, mm-hmm. there is this huge challenge for those island states uh, and the threat posed by the climate change. Um, Principally through weather and sea level rise. And the sea level rise. So uh, there are a lot of uh, common challenges in this region, one of them being, of course, linked to the fact that Asia and Eastern Asia is um, and has uh, has been already since some years one of the most uh, dynamic uh, parts of the world in terms of trade and economy. This is one of the reasons why uh, the mar- mar- freedom of maritime circulation mm-hmm. is also so important for all of us, not only for America or for Asia, but also for Europe. This is also one of the reasons why the Indo-Pacific strategy is an important strategy, not only for France, which has territories there, mm-hmm. as we have seen, but also for all European nations. And there, of course, is uh, China and the, the, the big, big power with uh, the rise of its power of influence. And we consider uh, China, I think, like the U.S., uh, at the same time as a competitor, as a partner, but also as a rival, I would say even in, in the European policy terms, a systemic rival on some issues. And how many of those il- issues are military distinctly? There has been quite a bit of commentary in the United States about not only acquisition of weapons in China, acquisition of territory or creation of territory in the South China Sea that appears to be from U.S. eyes strictly for military purposes. And that's perhaps a position from which China could exert undue influence on the flow of commerce through there or to intimidate Hong Kong or Taiwan. Well, here there are different dimensions when we speak about um, values, human rights. Mm-hmm. It's a, a real and a big difference between us and China, of course, our vision of those uh, issues of human rights. Um, and security and freedom of maritime circulation, of course, uh, are uh, issues of big interest to, to all of us, uh, including in Europe. 
Um, as I said before, Does we have we have our own anxieties. We have our, has? we have our own. Uh, uh, interests, even direct interests, uh, in, in in these regions. So we are in directly interested, even if this French population is not that big. Still, we are interested uh, by, the, by their security, by their protection, by the security of uh, um, communications. All of this is uh, obviously important to all of us. Mm-hmm. Would you describe, from the French perspective, that region of the world, the one that is most tenuous or most dangerous right now? Well, I don't know, actually. I, I, I don't want to underestimate the risks there, but we have uh, so many common challenges. Um, I mentioned climate change, which mm-hmm. is a, a threat everywhere around the planet. And we don't need to underestimate the remaining threat of uh, terrorism. Mm-hmm. So we have... Um, in our time, in the t- present time, a, a lot of challenges we must uh, face together. This makes our alliances all the more important, of course. So without, I don't want to to, to, to escape the, the, your question about the Indo-Pacific, but it's a good opportunity for me to also to recall that uh, terrorism mm-hmm. remains a danger. We must not ignore it both internally and externally. And in that regard, how do you evaluate what has happened in this calendar year under President Biden's watch in Afghanistan? One of the issues, uh, considering the, f- the the consequences of the of the sovereign decision of the United States to withdraw its troops from um, from Afghanistan, is and here I think we we concur with agree with uh, with the U.S. Uh, to be sure that Afghanistan cannot become again safe haven for terrorist organizations. And it is one of the main criteria for us to uh, assess um, uh, the policy of uh, the new Taliban uh, authority inside Afghanistan. We must not forget that, uh, like in Africa, where the French army is uh, at the forefront with the salient governments uh, against terrorism. Like in Africa and Afghanistan, you can have two different terrorist organizations representing a danger, Al-Qaeda, but also the Islamic State, ISIS, Mm -hmm. which is right now uh, multiplying the uh, terrorist attacks against uh, mosques or infrastructures uh, while the Taliban's have the power now in Afghanistan. Has the French government made a decision about what degree or to whatever degree it may or may not recognize the Taliban, or how is it consulting with the United States about dealing with Taliban and various issues of either recognition, humanitarian assistance, economic assistance, and the like? We have made our uh, determination on this the main criteria quite early, safe passage for uh, people wanting to leave Afghanistan mm-hmm. or to, to travel out of Afghanistan even, and maybe to come, come back. Safe passage, access of humanitarian aid to the Afghan people because Afghanistan is going through a very difficult time and we must absolutely secure the access of international humanitarian aid to its populations. Rights, human rights, and in particular rights of women and girls, and as I said, the fight, the, an effective fight against terrorist organizations to prevent them to, to use Afghanistan again, both against the Afghan people, of course, but also from Afghanistan against other countries. How's the Taliban doing on those criteria? Um, we are um, just at the beginning of this new mm-hmm. government. And uh, I think uh, that... Um, uh, we 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 are, we have been working mostly for the time being on access of humanitarian aid. Mm-hmm. I mean, we the international organizations funded by the international community. Fair to say, but, the, uh, also, the signs are not yet encouraging. Fair to say, also also the the fact that um, the the new Taliban government may not be described cannot be described as really inclusive. Um, of course, uh, so it's. Uh, Early I signs know, I, are I don't know whether it is um, uh, 
Yes. Uh, already, if we have enough observations, but uh, in, indeed, all the signs are not encouraging. But um, we we have to to con to focus on the on the most pressing issues, which are the issues where people are in need. Was of there help. any uh, surprise within the French government about the U.S. decision, or the way it was communicated to leave Afghanistan and the pace of that withdrawal? <clears throat> well, the the U.S. decision uh, has been taken by the previous administration, has mm -hmm. been confirmed by this one. Um, so, um, I, I don't think it was a surprise as such. Um, then we, we had the, the to, 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 to respond do, to, to, to do what we could do after the withdrawal and considering the very sudden, uh, the very sudden, uh, disappearance of the f previous um, Afghan government. Uh, it was so 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 quick, so sudden that uh, we had to, to 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 hurry to hurry and to to and we had a uh, as you know not not that many times. I must say that in two weeks we have uh, in the second half of August uh, uh, it's indeed amazing how many Afghan and foreigners, Afghan people and foreigners could be evacuated. But indeed, we had not very much time. Not very much time at all. Heading to uh, segment three of The Takeout, I'm Major Garrett. We are here at the French Ambassador's Resident. Our guest is the French Ambassador of the United States, Philippe Etienne. Back for segment three in just a second. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? or the friends you find along the way. Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more, but you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. CBS News. This is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back. I want everyone to know we are recording this on October 25th, so there might be some things. I don't think things will be that much different when the show airs, but just in case they are, giving you a time check on that. Philippe Etienne is our special guest. He is the ambassador for the French government here in the United States. We're at his beautiful residence here in Washington, D.C. Mr. Ambassador, was this strain in U.S.-French relations tough on you personally? Well, it was not easy, of course, to to go through this process, uh, to be recalled for consultations, to to go to Paris. Um, my wife re stayed in the in Washington. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I, I was ten days in in Paris. Uh, it was a very very busy very busy period because uh, there was such a huge interest and uh, mm -hmm. need to understand what happened in France and. Um, so it was both uh, at the same time it was I had no time to really to um, you know to to stop and to uh, it was I was taken in this uh, how do you say whirlwind of uh, activities uh, but yes it was uh, it was uh, it was a challenge uh, it was a challenge because at the same time we had to explain why we we did react so strongly uh and immediately we had to think of how to 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 reconstruct uh, a relation because uh, we are this alliance is so important uh for France and uh I guess maybe not without significance for the US mm -hmm. and this is not going to come as a surprise to you, Mr. Ambassador, but there are those who've written in the United Kingdom, sometimes you see in the United States, that sometimes the French overreact. Mm -hmm. The French can be petulant when they have their own reasons that they don't want to acknowledge, that they have some skeletons in their closet. That all is part of assessing each other, both in terms of national character, culture, and differences like that. But to recall an ambassador for consultations means to send a signal mm. that this Absolutely. is not what you think it is. This is something different and materially different and really big to us. That's really what this was about, right? 
Yes, it was. Uh, Don't uh, categorize this like you would categorize things in the past. This is different. It was. It was a way to express uh, uh, the uh, the gravity of uh, what had happened. But as I explained before, also, and here the word consultations matters, to explain that we, we wanted to, to go through a process of um, understanding how it could have happened and discussing it very frankly with our American partners. And our American partners have, uh, um, as I said, reached out and we, we could... Uh, fortunately started this dialogue very, very quickly, which mm-hmm. was important. Mm-hmm. It was described that the joint statement released after the first phone call was a non-apology apology from the United States. Would you say that's true? What was important is to, to, uh, to underline uh, the importance of consultations. Indeed, it was the purpose of this uh, joint statement, one of the purpose, but there were two other important parts already there the two presidents decided over the process in-depth consultations the ambassador coming back after 10 days and they decided on the issues which should discuss in this process um, not only the principle of consultations the importance of consultations between allies but also three strategic subjects Indo-Pacific European defense and the fight against terrorism in Africa on the side of the African countries. I'm so glad you mentioned Africa because that's the next thing I want to discuss with you. There is now some commentary in the United States that, okay, Afghanistan was this 20-year experiment of projection of U.S. forces propping up of a government that turned out to be not only not not able to stand on its own, but... uh, weakened internally by corruption. There is now commentary that much of the same experiment the United States has been carrying out in North Africa is also facing similar consequences. Terrorism is still there. There is a U.S. relationship with those in the French who are working there, who are lead, oftentimes militarily, but the success doesn't appear as robust as maybe had been hoped. What is the French government assessment about this experiment to combat and fight terrorism in North Africa? Well, the, real, the, the differences have, are, there are many differences, very, yes. very big. By the way, we speak, when, we, when we, we speak about Sahel, it's an enormous region. Mm-hmm. Yes. It's uh, five countries, at least. Mm-hmm. We speak, the, their alliance is called G5, mm-hmm. from Mauritania to Chad. And you must also recognize that um, the instability of this region is uh, not only the instability of uh, those uh, five countries. It is a reason why stabilizing Libya is so important. We will have uh, on November 12th a very important summit co-organized by the United Nations, Italy, Germany, and France in Paris to stabilize or more exactly to help the Libyan people themselves uh, through elections, Mm -hmm. uh, stabilize their country, reunite their country. Take it out of failed state status, which is where it is right now. And also uh, become able to to govern themselves without the presence of military elements from outside. This is really important also for the Sahel. Mm -hmm. So, of course, in all those crises, we see the regional dimension, which is important. But we see also the, the through Africa, Afghanistan. Uh, the I guess the essence of my question is, how Iraq is this Levant, experiment going? The, the danger of uh, those international terrorist groups mm-hmm. getting strength from one place to another. Right. How is that going? And uh, those two terrorist groups, Al-Qaeda and ISIS... Mm-hmm. You find them both in the Middle East, in uh, Southern Asia, mm-hmm. in Africa, and not only in Sahel. But this is obviously a big challenge, first for the countries which are hit by these groups, mm-hmm. but also for the whole international community. And we know it is difficult. We know we must help those countries develop their own, not only armed forces, but also governance mm-hmm. in the regions where the terrorist groups are the most influential. But I think it is a 
really important for us uh, to observe that more and more European countries are there on the side of France and the Salian countries and that benefit from um, a support through critical capacities of the United States. And this is uh, this last point which was mentioned by the two presidents mm -hmm. on uh, September 22nd. Mm -hmm. This important phone call beginning to rebuild uh, the mm -hmm. relationship. So we have one more segment and I want to begin the bridge to that last segment talking about climate change, the big meeting in Scotland, which comes up at the end of this week. The president's traveling there. Um, from the French perspective, what is at stake at the COP26 conversations? What is the European assessment of either the success or failure of the Biden administration to significantly change U.S. policy to move in a more aggressive climate change posture? What is at stake is a, a very important cannot be un, uh, overestimated. It's about the implementation of the goal of the Paris Climate Agreement, which is to limit the global warming to 1.5 degrees compared to the pre-industrial times. And we have not much time left to succeed. For this, we must raise the ambitions each country on the earth, especially the most important emitters. Mm -hmm. And we must also complete the work of defining the implementing rules of the Paris Climate Accord. And finally, we must increase the financing of actions, what we call mitigation, but also adaptation, especially in those countries which are not rich enough to, 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 to pay all the um, which must be done. It's about public climate finance, but also about mobilizing more and more private public private climate finance. It's a huge task and we are happy to see that this US administration, I think in particular of John Kerry, has been uh, so active uh, since uh, January 20th. Before that, the Europeans uh, were really um, the, I would say, the, the, not only the leaders for climate, but sometimes uh, had to fight for the Paris Climate Accord against uh, not the U.S. in general, because many people in the U.S. were still in, governors, cities, businesses, civil society, but against the U.S. administration of that time. Which was President Trump. I'm going to stop you right there. Ambassador Philippe Etienne is our special guest. Back for segment four of The Takeout in just one moment. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome back. Segment four of The Takeout here at the beautiful ambassador's residence. Who's the ambassador? Philippe Etienne. Who does he represent? The French government right here in the United States. Mr. Ambassador, continuing our conversation about COP26. Um, right now in Europe, there is uh, a bit of an energy shortage and a spike in prices. And there have been some commentators who said this is a particularly acute problem throughout Europe because there is a transition to renewables that is not meeting the needs of consumers. There is extraordinary influence being exerted by Russia with its control or heavily influence of supplies of natural gas, oil and coal, also Saudi Arabia, and that maybe Europe has tried to switch too rapidly to renewables, and that is making some of these supply shortages and price spikes more difficult. How, do you, how does the French government evaluate all of these things that are boiling up right now in the homes and pocketbooks across Europe? Well, first, it would be a paradox to say that this crisis would uh, mean that uh, climate change policies are a mistake. On the contrary, they remind us that uh, um, the dependency on hydrocarbons uh, is... Uh, uh, 
a too high dependency on hydrocarbons is not good, indeed. And it is uh, the whole purpose of the uh, uh, of our climate change policies to um, to lower the, the, the this dependency. Now, of course, the question, as you said very rightly, of the transition right. is uh, is a, a difficult one. And here we must uh, secure the the fairness of this transition. Um, it must not be the case that it is uh, a burden o- only on the on those who have already uh, more difficulties than others in our societies. Um, and for this reason, our country, our government, has taken measures uh, to. Um, which are uh, differentiated, which uh, tend to help alleviate the price, the price, the effects of the price hike on those who have the less uh, revenues mm-hmm. in our society. This is the most important uh, thing to do. And probably the concept of fairness of transition applies also internationally to the international community. And for this reason, the more developed countries, as I said, must do still a bit more to to help those developing nations I want to face uh, those big issues of climate change and who did not create it, right. frankly. I want to go back to the meeting coming up very soon between President Biden and President Macron in Rome. Is there a specific agenda for that? Is there something you hope substantively can be announced or said on the other side of that meeting? Um. I think that the the conversation will be, um, of course, about the the, the the main issues at stake on the G20 and in Glasgow, mm-hmm. as we have discussed already. Right. I would add the fight against uh, the pandemics, the economic recovery, um, everything which um, uh, hits or com- is a concern to all our countries right now. Plus the strategic issues we have uh, been discussing in this process of repairing the relation of rebuilding trust between our two countries, uh, which uh, I mentioned again, uh, Indo-Pacific, European defense. We didn't speak about European defense, which has to be to the benefit of the U.S. and to the benefit of the alliance complementary to NATO must be stronger and can be uh, uh, stronger, more capable. And... Finally, already mentioned, a fight against terrorism in Africa. Where does Iran fall into that conversation, not only about strategic interests, but about Europe? Uh, Nicolas Sarkozy very famously said one time when he was president of France, there are two problems, Iran getting a bomb or bombing Iran. You don't want to do either. You don't, the, world would like, the world ought to avoid both. Uh, the Iran nuclear deal was pulled out of by the former U.S. administration, led by President Trump. There are Biden administration efforts to reconstitute it. Those have not so far succeeded very much. The Iranians are driving a pretty hard bargain. Where does Iran fit into all this? I, you're right to mention Iran. It's, it, it must be, it will be uh, for sure discussed among the most uh, uh, pressing issues um, uh, today. All the more that we, we are working the three Euro- European signatories which are France, Germany, and the United Kingdom, have been negotiating from from the very beginning, from 20 years ago, for this, through a negotiation, for this uh, um, goal of um, that I- Iran must not acquire the nuclear bomb. It's 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 an issue of uh, essential issue of non-proliferation and of regional stability. And it's so, been said in the last year and a half, Iran's getting closer. Yeah. Uh, uh, Centrifuges I- Iran, are spinning. Iran, uh, Iran, enrichment Iran, is getting closer to yeah, weapons grade. Mm. Iran has been increasing its violations of the GCPOA, uh, and um, the negotiation had started last spring, but have stopped four months ago mm-hmm. because uh, of um, the Iranian decision to to leave Vienna. The time a new administration would be. Uh, in elected and then uh, in function in, in Tehran, which is now the case. So we we, we are um, indeed um, working very hard. I mean, we, the 
three European countries, together with the US, which now has declared its willingness to come back to the GCPOA, but also with Russia and China, mm -hmm. who are the two other signatories of this uh, nuclear deal and who have a, a very important role to play with Iran. This feels like it's moving in a dangerous direction. Well, the, the, problem of, uh, the problems of the world are not easy, and uh, non-proliferation is a big issue. Also, when you look at uh, the developments in North Korea, for mm -hmm. instance, it must be taken seriously. But the newly elected regime in Iran appears to be harder set and moving in this direction than the previous one. They're not engaging in negotiations. Inspectors are less welcome. These, these things feel like they're moving into a more confrontational direction. Well, we'll see, because at the same time they say that they want to come back at one point, and uh, we, we'll see what, what, is, uh, what this deem their interest. Their interest might be still to uh, uh, alleviate the, 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 the terrible economic pressures on their population through sanctions. So we, we work on this resumption of negotiations where they were left by Iran last June, but and we uh, we are also and I, I thank you for having mentioned this second this other dimension very very keen to support the uh, international atomic energy agency of vienna mm -hmm. because it's the other issue which is um, um, the in tehran the which must respect all its obligations towards uh, this international regime of non-proliferation. That is the voice of the French ambassador to the United States. His name is Philippe Etienne. We have been his special guest here in his beautiful residence here in Washington, D.C. For our radio audience, we need to bid you farewell. But for those watching on CBSN, stay with us. And on podcast platforms, you always do, because the Takeout Outtake Especial is next. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders, while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. From CBS News, this is The Takeout with Major Garrett. Welcome to your Takeout Outtake Especial. I'm Major Garrett. We are in the beautiful residence of the French ambassador to the United States. His name is Philippe Etienne. Mr. Ambassador, when we were talking in between breaks, you mentioned, well, I was the first ambassador recalled for consultations, but there was a French ambassador in the United States recalled in 1792. Pick up the story from there, if you'd be so kind. Yes, a young uh, envoy of the French Revolution called Genet. He, uh, he, he landed in Charleston. He, he started, uh, you know, raise money to start uh, wars against Spain, against the UK. Didn't please at all. President Washington at the time, he wanted to keep the neutrality of his country. And so uh, he, he asked uh, Paris for recalling this ambassador. And uh, when uh, Genet arrived finally to the capital, which was at that time Philadelphia, uh, there was, there had even been a change of the government in Paris. And the new government also wanted to recall him. And Genet didn't want to go back to France because uh, it was a revolution. And the, this new government would not have treated him at all well. You know, people went to the guillotine uh, quite easily at that time. So Genet applied for a political asylum to President Washington. And through the intercession of Hamilton, Washington, who had asked for the recall of this young and very, very active, a bit too active uh, ambassador of the French Revolution, accepted to grant political asylum to Genet, who lived uh, and married a young, rich uh, American girl in New York and settled in the United States. If Lin-Manuel Miranda is listening, there's a segment of another musical that I think could be found embedded right into that little story. And what's interesting about that, Mr. Ambassador, is that Hamilton interceded on behalf of this particular ambassador when it was well known his loyalties or his predilections were to the 
British no, as opposed to the French. Jefferson, and Jefferson was, was much was more, more inclined. On, on the French side and Hamilton, yes, and, and Washington wanted, um, for good reasons, the young republic to remain neutral in yes. facing the conflict between the big uh, powers in Europe. A memorable part of the musical Hamilton, uh, the neutrality uh, mm. statement drafted but, uh, uh, by Hamilton uh, on behalf I of think, the president I United think States, they George had uh, developed a, a personal friendship. Very or, good, very good. In such things, diplomacy matters a great deal, does it not, Mr. Ambassador? Well, in all things, <laughs> not only in such things. <laughs> so I want to talk to you a little bit about French food and the state of French food, not only in France, but in America. We had a wonderful lunch here featuring some French chefs here in Washington. Just run with that, Mr. Ambassador, a little bit. You know, we are very proud of our uh, uh, heritage uh, in the field of cuisine, gastronomy, uh, and uh, wines and food. And uh, uh, this not not the food itself, but the this art of uh, having um, hosting people around a table for a good meal with good wines, has been uh, um, um, selected by UNESCO as a universal heritage, uh, non-material universal heritage. It's not like monuments; it's a non-material uh, heritage. And uh, we celebrate this uh, every year, uh, organizing uh, dinners uh, around the world, in the embassies, in the restaurants. It's really important for, <clears throat> from all sorts of point of view. Uh, uh, of course, uh, it's important also to, uh, to do it now after the pandemic has damaged very much these uh, activities. We have seen so many restaurants uh, suffering from the crisis. So it's also for us a way to, to thank all those who work uh, to restore the strength of this uh, industry, which is so important not only for the economy, for the employment, but also for the way of life. It's a way of life for those who dine. It's a way of life for those who cook a way of life for those who serve absolutely, and a way of life for everyone who lives around people who do all the following. And mm. you mentioned the heritage. The heritage of this very show, Mr. Ambassador, is I created it for two reasons. One, to have lengthy interviews with important people who have interesting things to say, and those interviews never be edited so everyone has a full access to what they said. Mm. That was priority number one. Priority number two for me was to have a show built around a meal. Because conversations, I believe, over meals are fundamentally different than any other kind of conversation. No, you're right. And by the way, it is one of the reasons why UNESCO has considered it as uh, something really worth being um, 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 paid a tribute. And since I am a diplomat and an ambassador, we know in the French diplomacy that a good meal is uh, uh, worth uh, more than... Uh, uh, many, many hard negotiations and that even as Talleyrand said uh, during the the big diplomatic negotiation which ended the, f the period of the French Empire in 1815, you know, the Vienna conversations, mm -hmm. the Vienna negotiations, it's more important to have a good chef <laughs> than anything else when you are going through a negotiation. It's, uh, it's something which is still the reality in, in our diplomacy. Interesting. So we have three questions, Mr. Ambassador. We ask every single uh, guest who's been on our show. The ambassador from Belgium has answered these questions. The ambassador from the United Kingdom has answered these questions. I put them to you. And they're not that difficult, so don't be nervous. Don't be nervous at all, Mr. My ambassador. God. Very easy, very easy. So uh, in your life, has there been a book you would describe as the most influential or an influential book in your life, meaning a book that you read and it changed a perspective on a particular issue or a thought or uh, it, it became a turning point in your life. That's question one. One of your all-time favorite movies. That's an easy one. Question two. And if you're going to really enjoy some beautiful music, really enjoy it, what kind of music is that most likely to be? Tchaikovsky. Okay. Uh, the Name of the Rose is a film and a book, Umberto Eco. Mm -hmm. But uh, I would quote two books, La Comédie Humaine, from Balzac, mm -hmm. and Considering My Time in the U.S. on the Road by Jack Kerouac, yes. which have given me, has given me a sense of this country and uh, and its var variety, but also an incredible dynamism. Tell which I have not forgotten. Tell me, my, tell my audience why you enjoy Tchaikovsky so much. Uh, 
I, I lived in Russia. And um, it reminds me uh, in all the dimensions of his work, symphonic concerto operas, it uh, reminds me and my wife, um, our life in Russia, and also uh, it's uh, it's an incredibly uh, beautiful and meaningful music. Thank you. Thank you for that. Mr. Ambassador, it's been a great pleasure to be with you. Thank you for your hospitality. Thanks for the conversation. I'm Major Garrett. That's Take Out, uh, Take Out, uh, anyway, let me try that again. Take Out, Outtake Especial. We will see everyone and be back with you next week. I'm Major Garrett. We'll see you next week. The Takeout is produced by Arden Fari, Jamie Benson, Sarah Cook, Ellie Watson, Jake Rosen, and Ashley Armstrong. CBSN production by Eric Susanen. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at Takeout Podcast. That's at Takeout Podcast. And for more, go to takeoutpodcast.com. The Takeout is a production of CBS News. If you like the Takeout, you can listen early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. Prime members can listen ad-free on Amazon Music. Before you go, Tell us about yourself by filling out a short survey at Wondery.com slash survey. I'm CBS News correspondent Major Garrett, host of the podcast Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen. During the Cold War, FBI agent Robert Hansen traded classified secrets to the Kremlin in exchange for cash and jewels. In the podcast, you'll hear from Hansen's closest friends, family members, victims, and colleagues for the most comprehensive telling of who Robert Hansen really was. Binge the entire series now. Agent of Betrayal, The Double Life of Robert Hansen is available on the Wondery app, Amazon Music, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, this is Jill Schlesinger, CBS News business analyst, certified financial planner, and host of the Money Watch podcast. This is the show where your money is not scary and it's not boring. It is a show that's all about you. It's your questions that make it possible for me to provide unconventional and entertaining insights on your money and maybe more importantly, on your life. I'm going to be your financial coach, someone who brings common sense and an insider's perspective on how to manage your money and your emotions. And I promise we are going to have a little bit of fun along the way. Have a question from retirement to career changes to college funding? Just send us an email at askjill at jillonmoney.com. Follow Money Watch wherever you get your podcasts. You can listen ad-free on the Amazon Music or Wondery app.